Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh my god, I was like took a breath in to start the podcast and it's like a ghost put its dick down my throat to choke me. Anyway, welcome to Pop Culture University, the university where you learn everything that is going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can learn from it for your own life based on what these celebrities are going through. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok, uh, 3.1 million followers. I have a pretty spicy Twitter too. You may know me from Twitter. Um, I'm that bitch. And I bring the celebrity tea to the whole world. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. You know I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. So you guys, the past few days have been pretty interesting for me. I feel like 2023 is having a pretty good vibe. Like productive, pretty happy vibes. I really cannot complain. And I hope yours is too. I feel like for 2020, 2021 and 2022, everyone was like, these are the worst years. Like... People were just saying that they were bad from the start. So I hope 2023 is going to be different. For me, I just got a new manager, which is exciting. If you guys don't know, like a social media manager can really help you a lot in getting brand deals, making money, and just running your business better because they have so many connections. So I just signed with one and I'm really excited about him. And I put his email in my bio. Now, he's going to receive my emails and he's going to see, you know, see all of them, whether they're good or bad. And some people send me some pretty wild emails whether it be them upset that I insulted one of their faves, I didn't have a favorable opinion about their favorite rapper or celebrity or whatever. You know I talk some shit about a few certain celebrities on here pretty often, and people get mad. Some people also will thirst over me quite aggressively and send me emails if I will not respond to their DMs. So the first email he got after I put my his email in my um, bio is from someone and I, and I think you know who you are and you might be listening to this he goes hi patty you are so sexy incredibly fit adore you loads and my manager texted me he was like oh if this was the first email is is this normal and i said actually kind of yes but at least it was a good one not like the last one that called me a mad gay bastard but they said it with a nice accent they said you're a fucking mad gay bastard so anyway that's how my 2023 is going just hopefully making money and being adored i'm manifesting it all but um let's talk about what we're gonna get into today so we're gonna talk about some pretty gnarly uh, you know sad stuff again we're gonna talk about the idaho murders and if this man who is suspected of this crime has any defense at all if he can avoid the death penalty he has a very good lawyer and what the families have to say about this and uh, to him and about their children's deaths we're gonna talk about some even more death which is uh very upsetting but it seems just to be happening maybe 2023 isn't that great but um we're gonna talk about Quavo's tribute to Takeoff and how Takeoff's murderer got out of jail and he's just walking the streets. Then we're going to talk about Tristan Thompson's mom dying and how Prince Harry uh, coped with Princess Diana dying. And it's quite telling and it's very dramatic and it's definitely something you want to stick around for. It's wild and he just came out with this in his new book so he spilled it all. And then we're going to do an update on if they found Kanye, Emily and Pete's relationship, and, 
you know, if Britney Spears is alive or missing or whatever. So we're going to get into it all. But before we do, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You're already here. You may as well do so. Helps me out. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me. And I will definitely hit you up in your DMs immediately after. Ask anyone I always do. And um, Tuesday, Friday class. Don't forget that. Always join those days. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mom. Tell your sugar daddy. Tell everyone. All right. Let's get into it, class. Take your seats. Pop Culture University is in session. The sky is finally opened. The rain and wind stop blowing. But you're stuck out in the same old storm It seems like the extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile Ted Bundy wannabe Brian Kohlberger, who committed the worst crime of the year, stabbing four University of Idaho students to their death um, in the middle of the night on November 12th, 2022, may have a chance to get away with murder, as they say, because they are starting to speculate on what the defense attorneys that he has hired are going to build his defense around. And he has a very good lawyer that um, she was able to get a man who committed two murders. Literally, he killed two people. She was able to create enough reasonable doubt that he did not get a life sentence. He did not get um, the death penalty. He didn't get put down, as he should be. He only got 55 years in jail, which seems like a lot, but the fact that you kill two people like that seems like an un- it's just a crazy discount that he should not have been offered. So let's talk about how pure evil could be maybe even walking the streets amongst us again one day. I'm pretty sure he really wants to do this again. Um, I think his motive for doing this was some narcissistic, uh, like he, he, it was a superiority fantasy that he wanted to live where he, is, he thought he was so smart and so much better than everyone else that he could kill four people and keep this secret by himself and have this satisfaction that he got away with it and then teach his students um, all about criminology and the criminal justice system the whole time them not knowing that their killer that their teacher is actually a killer i think that was his whole fantasy that unfortunately does not get to live just like his victims don't get to live okay so let's just backtrack a little bit here just to really recount how much the prosecution has against him. So this is the prosecution's um, argument for that he is guilty. He deserves the death penalty. And I know we talk about the Idaho murders a lot, but I feel like it's just taken over the whole country. It's it's like I I feel like before it was on like niche news outlets, but now that they have a suspect, people are like almost like foaming at the mouth. So interested, they want to know every single detail. It was on just this morning. It was on like Good Morning America, um, Regis and Kelly. Wait, is that? who are those two hosts? I don't know. But those two lovely middle-aged women who uh, have the Today Show, it was on CBS this morning. It's literally like the main headline story of every single thing. Anyway, okay. So here is the prosecution argument. So there was a 19-page affidavit. And an affidavit is basically where you have to give the government or a judge a 
probable cause that lets you get a warrant for someone's arrest. And this affidavit was much more detailed than a normal affidavit would be to charge someone with a crime or accuse them of it. It was 19 pages long. And I woke up and I read the whole thing. I was like half asleep, but I eagerly read that shit faster than I've read anything in my whole life. There was even some extra information that came out since then. But in the affidavit, they have so many strong pieces of evidence. Like, how is anyone going to stand against this? It's actually jarring how much he has to go against, thinking he was this cool, calm, and collected, so um, masterful killer in his mind. Even Kaylee Gonzalez's dad said that when he walked into the courtroom and saw Brian for the first time, he seemed like he was shaking in his boots. He seems like he knows what he was up against, and he knows how much he fucked up. And he was so wrong about his own efficacy to get away with this that he was actually floored and almost looked like embarrassed about how he got caught. And as he should be. The biggest piece of evidence that they have against him is, I can't believe he did this. He left the knife sheath at the crime. So I, I think it's safe to say, um, if we're like putting together how this night went, that he killed Medicine Mogan and Kaylee Gonzalez first because they found the knife sheath next to Madison Mogan's body. And that's just like the case that... Um, enclosed this very, very sharp knife. And his DNA was on the button of the knife. And I, I don't, I think he wore gloves that night because he doesn't have cuts or anything on his hands. So um, as we know, I, I don't think he um, touched it with his own DNA, his own fingertips that night. But I think what happened is maybe he was like practicing before or in his dungeon room, his incel cave. And he was like practicing pulling the knife out of it. And that's where the DNA was seen on it. That's actually so embarrassing for him because he literally studied how people can get traced back to being caught on crimes through technology and through things like fingerprint and DNA sequencing. So it's just kind of like, damn, not only did he fuck up this, but he must have been a bad student too. He did not deserve his teaching job. They also had a lot of evidence of his phone being pinned uh, to the cell tower right next to the house. Even before the nights of the crime, he was stalking them on 12 different occasions before. And he was doing it in the early hours of the morning or very late at night. And I bet you he was walking around that house, seeing who lived in um, each room. I bet you there's like camera footage of him somewhere just lurking around that neighborhood in his car all throughout August to November. So they have a lot of evidence of him stalking these victims. Kaylee was actually onto the fact that she had a stalker um, I, w I don't think I would ever be on to that. And I'm that, I hope that's not me not encouraging anyone to do so. I'm just saying I'm so oblivious. I'm so in my own world in my head. I'm constantly like singing some stupid pop star song that like distracts me from literally everything that's going around me. I always say to my friends, they could be talking shit right next to me about me. And I would have no idea. And I think that's happened to me on a few occasions because my friends actually realized like I, like I was serious. I do not know what's going around me. Ever. And I'm trying to get better at that. So good for them for even being on to him. They also have other um, evidence of his car. So that's a very strong piece of evidence. His car on literal camera footage from ring doorbells and security um, all throughout that night and all throughout um, the months leading up that his phone was indeed the one who was always in that specific car because they followed any image they had of the car. They checked if the phone was pinned in that area as well. And it, it always matched. The phone was always in the car. The car belonged to him. They have his car on footage around the area right after the crime committed at 4.20 a.m. And they have the car going, uh, like, pulling back into his own neighborhood at, at about, like, 5.20 a.m. Seems like pretty damning evidence. But I think the one of the most 
craziest, insane piece of evidence that's really stirring up controversy on the internet that people wish people would just stop talking about. Leave the poor girl alone. Have some empathy. Is the eyewitness from the surviving room name from the surviving roommate Dylan, who was awoken that night by hearing some noises that she thought were rather innocent in the house, like Kaylee and Maddie just talking to each other or playing with the dog, and Zana crying in her room, but she was not exactly sure why. And then she opened her door. Uh, we discussed this on the last episode, but she opened her door and saw the face of pure evil turning the corner and walking towards her, which is, um, I, like, I actually don't know what I would do in that moment. So now that I'm actually like, like picturing it, imagine yourself in your bedroom right now, you hear weird noises. You hear someone crying in your house that is usually not crying. And you hear a man's voice that you don't recognize say, it's okay. I'm going to help you. I'm such a paranoid freak. I would think they are trying to murder me. Anytime someone even like honks at me on the highway, I'm like, they're trying to, to murder me. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm just a freak in every aspect like that. So I honestly, I'm such an idiot. I would probably like open my door and be like, who are you? Like, that's probably what I would do because I'm so dumb. So her not calling the police for eight hours after that. Um, I, you know, I don't blame her. I think she was, I think she actually reacted better than a lot of people would by just doing what she had to do to survive. And no, she may not have known that he killed them. She may maybe just thought he was robbing the place, maybe thought it was some fraternity prank. But given the context of the situation, I think she knew something really evil was going on because she said she was frozen and shocked. Um, so I, I think we should just have empathy for her, leave her alone. Kaylee Gonzalez's dad actually wanted to tell everyone to like ease up on her. The, he he doesn't hold any sort of uh, suspicion towards her. Like people are calling for on the internet. He fully understands that his daughter was, uh, you know, and all the kids, they were dead immediately because of where this man uh, like knew to stab them. So there was really nothing she could have done. And who are we to say that she should have like gone out and fought him or went up to the rooms to to try to save them. Like we just wouldn't do that in that situation. So fight or flight is such an interesting response and you never know how you would act in such an evil, shocking situation unless you're theirs. And I hope none of you ever are there, students. That's awful. So just be thankful that that is not you. And I'm wishing her all the healing or, or just uh, like peace, any peace that she is able to gather from this. Anyway, but a huge piece of evidence for the prosecution that they obtained from the only eyewitness was that um, she saw a single man with a similar build to Brian. Um, slender, but not like an athletic build. No, 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 no. She said slender, but an athletic build. So like slightly like framed out like that, kind of like how Brian is. He's not too scrawny. And she said she saw him close enough to see his bushy eyebrows and he has very bushy eyebrows. So there's been some other evidence to come out since then as well. We just learned from um, like investigators who I guess just released this information to the news. I've seen them talking about it on News Nation. Brian Enton, if like anyone is following this case as closely as I am, you know exactly who Brian Enton is. Uh, our news reporter, King, who's always on the scene in Pennsylvania or Idaho or Washington. He's always there telling us uh, exactly what's going on in real time. So shout out to Brian for being so amazing and informative. And um, they said that they were actually stalking the stalker, Brian Kohlberger, and saw him taking trash from his house in Pennsylvania after he cleaned out his car. So like taking a bunch of big trash bags um, to his neighbor's garbage. As if, as like, what was he thinking? This man is 
such like a delusional narcissist. He thinks he's that smart, but yet he throws it in the neighbor's trash can as if the cops are going to be like, it was the neighbors. Oh, it wasn't you. Like, girl, it's it's very obvious. It's actually like sad. It's it's comical that he thought that that would work out. Um, So yeah, he like disinfected his car. They saw him using like super strong cleaners, bleach and everything like that. I learned from from Nancy Grace. Uh, I've never been more into Nancy Grace in my life. She was saying that like you you can't get rid of DNA evidence with just bleach. You have to use a really really strong acid or like blood. I'm not quite sure what what she said. Obviously, I don't like know that. Um, I'm not like a freak who knows how to get blood stains out of things because I just I just don't ever anticipate needing that. But um, she said you need some really strong acid. I don't think Brian had that. So I'm sure they're getting some really strong evidence from his car that will damn him even more. Also, we learned that he left a bloody footprint somewhere at the scene. They said that the footprint was made in blood and the shoe was like a diamond-shaped shoe. So if they find that at his house or in his neighbor's trash can, they can um, get him like that. But isn't he so stupid? I feel like what you're supposed to do in that situation is like take any evidence any clothes any stained anything and like go in the middle of the woods and bury it i like that's what you see in every documentary i just don't know it's almost like he thought it'd be too easy because he's so uh like he's just so above and he's so flawlessly and seamlessly smarter than everyone that he oh he can just throw he did this at four in the morning too he walked over to his neighbors and threw it in the trash i always throw my dog's shit in my I mean, I guess I'm exposing myself right now, but w- w- like when I'm on walks with my dog, I'm not going to carry the shit the whole time. So I'm going to throw it in the nearest trash can. And I'm sorry if that is at someone else's house. I don't do that anymore. That was when I was growing up. I don't have a dog anymore. But um, yeah, like everyone knew like it wasn't their dog shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Other evidence we learned is that Kaylee's dad said there was a connection he noticed between Brian and Kaylee. So I'm sure they'll use that. I'm sure the connection was like a one-way connection where Brian was like, love me and her dms or something or just like being a freak to her on social media following her on everything we a lot of people online are saying that he followed them on instagram and spotify um like why like do you want to know like the soundtrack to to what you're about to do brian like that's that's just weird to me um it just seems like he was really infatuated with them and if i had to go out on a limb i'd say that kaylee and maddie were the were like his most enthusiastic targets just because he went to them first um he clearly wanted he like he knew what room they were in like it just seems that way so i feel like the prosecution it should be an open and close home run hit it out of the park like very easy like easily getting all the punishments on him that he wants not only all that but now that they have found him and tied him up um they're able to get his own dna that they can match to any any you know swab they took from the scene his car anything and his own dna i think will be like the stamp like the 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 nail in the coffin for him and you know i really hope it is something else interesting that they're doing with his dna is a lot of investigators or psychologists don't think someone's first crime ever would be murdering four people at the same time back to back to back with a knife up close and personal like that just because of the huge insane calculated risk that you have to take to do that and get away with it it's it's honestly shocking that he you know it even took two weeks to find him because of how just um high risk that is for finding evidence for being caught in the moment by other people in in the house like so they think that he's done this before and they're going to use his dna to try to open cold cases 
that they just were not able to find enough evidence on, not only in Idaho, but in Washington and Pennsylvania because he lives in all of those areas. And who knows where else that freak has been. So I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what other crimes he has done before. And I feel like this may have been his first crime just because it seems like he, like his whole goal was to be a, like a famous killer and to uh, see if he could get away with it and he had this fantasy about criminology and criminals and you know he had that whole questionnaire with convicted murderers in jail like about their whole life so he had a fascination with it and it's almost like he wanted to join the club but he wanted to do it in a big way that would get everyone's attention and have everyone speculating and have he could like have his own like circus show going on that he could watch from his enjoyment at home so i wouldn't be surprised if his first murder he just wanted to do something that big just in case he didn't get away with it, I guess, so he could still be, like, known or something. I just think he did it in such a grand way to be known. But I'm really excited to see for that. But that is what the prosecution's argument is. Now, he better have a really strong defense because of everything that's on the table here. The death penalty is on the table. Shout out to Idaho. I think that is so fierce that he did that in Idaho so they can kill him in Idaho. That is what he deserves. I'm, I'm, I don't know um, everywhere where the death penalty is legal or not legal, but, you know, I'm glad that he could possibly get that. Um, something else that's amazing about Idaho in this situation that's bad for Brian is that he cannot plead insane, which there was previous reports of him trying to do that. Um, I'm not sure if they were 100% true, but he was like yelling at guards in jail and exposing himself to women in jail, his genitals, and threatening to kill other people in jail. Fox News was reporting on that. Fox News isn't always the best, but it seems like he wanted to plead insane, but he didn't really think too many steps ahead here, as we know in all of these um, weak, you know, or strong pieces of evidence from his weak cover-up. He can't plead insane. So it seems like the main thing a defense attorney would want to do in this case for someone being a literal psycho freak, sociopath killer crazed man with with a knife is uh try to just get him to plead insane so he doesn't get the death penalty at least he could just rot in jail forever but um he can't do that so that's very encouraging and investigators have said that there's really no signs of him having any major psychological problems or breaks ever in his life so they probably wouldn't be able to get him that insanity plea his college classmates who worked very close with him on class projects and his high school friends all said that yeah he was a little weird and awkward and you may not have like wanted to associate with him necessarily but he got along well enough it seems like he knew what to do to just get in socially and get along where no one really questioned him something that's kind of discouraging though is that apparently Idaho doesn't give a lot of people the death sentence. It's only given eight people the death sentence in like decades and decades, but they've only killed two people through lethal injection in the last 50 years. Now, of course, there's no more deserving candidate for the death penalty than Brian Kohlberger. And I, I don't know where people stand on the death penalty. I know it's super controversial. I want him to get the death penalty because it seems like an eye for an eye. And it seems like a very extreme punishment uh and almost inhumane to like hope someone dies but what he did is not human and i don't think he should be treated as one so i think he is a danger to himself a danger to the world and he should i'm sorry but his living privileges in society 
should be revoked. And I know that's like crazy to say, but I, I want him to get the death penalty and I want the parents to be able to watch or, you know, be in the room to just get that, um, not overall closure, but closure that the man who did this was given full justice to. Um, so yeah, I definitely want that. They could even move, uh, I've read that they can even move up his death because a lot of people are on death row for years and years and years. And, you know, they're like, I think the average amount of time someone spends on death row is like eight years or something. It just seems like a, like a waste of time. Like, I don't know why you don't just like knock them off immediately. Just like boom, pow, just shoot them ASAP. I, I just don't know how that system works or whatever. But I hope that's what he gets. His defense attorney said that he's excited to be exonerated. LOL. Lol. Laugh out loud. You really think he's about to get exonerated? That defense attorney was probably just had like a, such an exhausted look in his eye. Like, imagine how tired he must be that he has to defend this man. Knowing that he is indefensible. It's almost comical. He said he's excited to be exonerated. So this is the potential defense that people have been discussing on the internet. Different lawyers or um, anchors have been talking about this. So basically all they need to do is to provide reasonable doubt. That is how the justice system in America works. I, you know, I guess that's fair. I guess we shouldn't say someone's guilty until it's pretty obvious that they are guilty. AKA OJ Simpson. But um, so here's just like, I guess like the Hail Marys that they can throw to pull reasonable doubt. So the strongest piece of evidence is the DNA on the knife sheath. But apparently there was very little bit of his DNA on the knife sheath. And since that house was a very big party house, so many people were in and out of it, the DNA could have gotten mixed up. Or they could say that a lot of people's DNA was on that knife sheath and that is not incriminating enough to give him the death penalty that's what people were saying online it seems a bit ridiculous to me that on the weapon like that he literally had to open the button to do that with um seems a little far-fetched but something that does make sense is that they haven't found the knife so yeah his dna is on the knife sheath but if they don't find the knife and they can't prove his dna was on the knife that would i guess provide a little bit of reasonable doubt what would be horrible actually is if they found the knife and his DNA isn't on it. And if I was Brian, I would actually be hoping that they find it and maybe he washed it in some acid or something and his DNA isn't on it anymore. That would be the best case scenario for him that if they found it and his DNA was not on it because that would be a major problem and I actually could see him getting um, the reasonable doubt ruling there. Something else that they could do is that they could uh, apparently... Cell phone towers are not always 100% accurate. They're like lie detector tests. Like they're a nice indication of where someone is, but they're not always accurate. Our phones are always bouncing from, from tower to tower, even if we don't move. So they could argue, yes, his cell phone was in the area, but he only lives 12 miles away. It could have pinned to that area if he just went on a night drive or he was just going home after going out on some random weekends and it just pinned as he was driving by or something or something just got mixed up with his cell phone tower. So I guess that piece of evidence is not the strongest in the world, but they could use that against him. Something else that I think is really, really interesting is that with the whole internet sleuths that have, I mean, I think they've helped the case. I understand the intrigue. I understand the burning desire to get justice for these kids. I get the whole thing. I, you know, I was with the internet sleuths the whole time, as we know. 
But it's it almost seems like they could have damaged the case a little bit because in the internet sleuths wanting to find a suspect so bad, they actually built cases for other people being guilty, like Jack S or Jack D or someone connected to the mob or whoever. They've actually built cases for these people. So the defense could get a case for any of these people and be like, what about all the evidence against Jack S? Like his DNA is at the house and his DNA is on the bed and they called him that night. And Or the Adam person, there's a clip of Maddie and Kaylee walking back to their Uber and on the camera they say, Kaylee asked Maddie, she was like, what did you like? What did you tell him? And Maddie says, I told Adam everything. They could be like, oh, who's who's Adam? You know, they could just get any of these little stories people have strung together about people who had nothing to do with it at all and just try to paint a picture just to throw it out there. Something else wild is that when police pulled him over on purpose while they were stalking him, which I think is such like a badass smart move. I love how the FBI will do anything, even stalk him overnight, just like not sleep all night to watch him take out his trash to the, the neighbor's yard and the fact that he, he didn't see them doing that i love that the stalker was getting stalked and it's actually funny that he thought he was smart stalking someone who like who wasn't even onto him and didn't know that he was doing that and then the same thing happened to him i just like that it's like he's not only getting caught but he's he's, he's getting embarrassed and he should be so ashamed and just ew but um yeah when they pulled him over on purpose to see if he, need, he had any cuts on his hands on a police officer's body cam footage, it didn't seem like he had any cuts. I never really like questioned that because I'm, I'm assuming he just wore extremely thick gloves that had maybe like a good grip or something so his hand didn't slip on the knife or what whatever. That doesn't seem like the craziest thing to me. I feel like he would become come prepared with some nice hand armor or something to just make sure that that stuff does not happen. But they could use that as well. And... Lastly, they could say that the defense can discredit the surviving roommate's um, story because even in the te- or the affidavit, she said that she was in a shocked phase or like a frozen shock phase where um, she just was kind of in a state of like disbelief or like a psychotic state almost where she may have not been recounting it 100% correctly. That's what they can say to them, especially... When she called the police, she was like hyperventilating, passed out. So they can be like, oh, she clearly wasn't in the right state of mind. We can't really go off what she said. And they could say because it was known that they were drinking that night. They can be like, she was drunk, blah, blah, blah. Like they could really just throw all these things to try to save Brian from getting the death penalty. And oh, oh, duh. And they could say that she didn't call the police. So it's like, why didn't she call the police? You know, did like, because everyone's like, that's the most questionable, suspicious behavior of all time for eight hours after you see someone who potentially had blood on them and carrying a knife and looked like was dressed like a murderer and heard crying. Why wouldn't you call the police unless you're making this up because the stories just don't match. People are worried that they will use that to get Brian out of the death penalty. And as we know, he has a very good lawyer. And someone who got two, who who uh, um, a killer who killed two people, only fifty five years in jail. So wrong, so disgusting. I wouldn't even be able to do that for money. I'm sorry, I truly could not. I don't care how esteemed being a lawyer is, how um, serious of a job. Like, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't try to defend a murderer who everyone is pretty one hundred percent sure did it so i don't know i i it's i'm not saying those kind of lawyers are monsters i'm just saying really 
you can sleep at night knowing that you potentially got someone out of jail who did that and now could go kill more people. I don't know. I could just never do it. Anyway, so that's Brian's potential defense. And I hope none of it works. I think the jury will be able to see through all of that. It's going to be interesting to find people who have no idea what's going on in this case to be on the jury because you can't be biased or whatever or know anything prior. So let's hope whoever they pick for the jury who doesn't have a cell phone or a TV and has no idea what's going on at least has some common sense. And they sentence Brian to the death penalty. And I hope they televise it because I will be like a viewer in the Roman Coliseum watching people fight to the death screaming my head off and being so happy when someone dies i'm like yeah kill him that would be me all right so i just want to talk about how the um victim's parents have just been responding to the whole thing kaylee's dad the other day gave a really powerful interview to news nation where he was talking about how he is not going to let brian ruin every single aspect of his life or let brian become this cancer in his life that stops him from having any peace and he says he's going to try to forgive him so he can move every day without the weight of knowing that this individual who for his own selfish reasons his own fantasies his own desires to kill someone did that to his daughter and I just think it's very brave. And then I'm going to share a little piece of what um, Ethan's mom said as well. Grieving father says rather than glorifying the suspect with all the national attention on this case. I hope this story here is all about these kids. We have to remember to highlight the beautiful lives lost. He also feels he has to forgive the person who did this. Otherwise, it's just a cancer inside you. And uh, I'm not willing to to live with that inside me. We're not going to walk around with darkness in our heart for the rest of our lives and you know have his name written there like a tattoo on on our consciousness we are eternally grateful that we spent so much time with him and i want to remind you that that's the most important message that we have for you and your families is to make sure that you spend as much time as possible with those people because time is precious and it's something you can't get back but these girls were absolutely beautiful. They've been friends since sixth grade. It's a shame and it hurts, but the beauty of the two always being together is something that will, will it comforts us. It lets us know that they were with their, their best friends in the whole world. I feel so awful for these parents. Zana's mom said, it's been a nightmare. This whole thing has been a nightmare, literally. But I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, I feel like that's how I would be re- reacting if... I was a parent in that situation. I would just be like in disbelief still. I think I wouldn't be able to fully even begin the grieving process for like a year or more just because I still wouldn't believe it and just think I'm, I just think it's a twisted nightmare or something. Um, Yeah. I, I, I would die of a broken heart if I were them. I think I would literally die of a broken heart. And I think both my parents, like my mom and dad, would literally die of a broken heart if that happened to any of me or my siblings. So I don't know. I feel so bad for them. Like, how do they go on? It kills me knowing that even though I don't know those people, that they are dealing with that. I want to give them a billion dollars or buy like buy them a mansion or like have a kid for them and give them that kid just to like make them feel better. But I know like nothing will. And they're serving a life sentence of grief. And everything as well so the fact that he said he's going to try to forgive him so they can live with an ounce of peace is really strong and just 
wow that he was able to find him that in himself to do so kaylee's sister said they're actually going to try to start a foundation to honor kaylee and maddie together um i think that's super awesome i think that's a great way to remember someone to do good for the world that can make a permanent positive change i think that's extremely powerful and i think that's a great idea Apparently the foundation, they were like, they've had the idea for the foundation for a while, but they weren't sure what they wanted it to be about because they didn't know the motive behind why they were killed. And I, I think that's important too. Like if you're going to start a foundation, you want it to have a meaning and in like a direct tie to what happened to your loved one. So if you don't really know why they were killed, you can't really like develop a really specific foundation to make real change if you don't even know what happened. So I hope his motive becomes clear and everything and they can make, they can like get going with their ideas for the foundation that will be based off of Maddie and Kaylee's friendship. And I think that's very, um, a really positive way to remember them. But anyway, what can we learn from this? I don't know. I mean, I feel like this isn't the best story to be like, what can we learn from this? But I think just what Ethan's mom said, which I've kind of been saying every time we talked about it, is just spend time with your family um, because you never know when that time can be up. Ethan's mom said that she's so happy that her family was always so close and would always spend so much time together because she has such an just large storage of memory with Ethan that she can remember him for forever. So I think that's really important to do in our lives, whether it's with our grandparents or our own parents, just realizing that life is right now and you need to make the memories right now and live with the people who are most important to you that make your life special and put them before like a lot of things like even put them before taking an extra shift at work because i mean granted if you have that luxury of course but like not being selfish with your time and making time for people that you love to tell them that you love them often and sincerely um i always will make it such a priority like i don't live with my mom but i will go to her house at any chance i get just like spend time with her and anytime I see my dad in my house, I'll make sure, even if I'm in a rush to go somewhere, like I'll sit down with him and talk to him for a bit just to like s spend some, some time with him during the day. So Kaylee's dad also said that Kaylee would always go out of her way to force her family to do fun activities with her to make memories together, like building gingerbread houses on Christmas or carving pumpkins around Halloween. Like she would be the enforcer of those fun activities so they could spend time together. So I think that's a really good thing to learn from these four beautiful souls that unfortunately um their time was taken from earth goodbye 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 you were bigger than the whole sky you were more than just a short time I wish I could say we're talking about something happier now, but we are unfortunately not. I feel like it is just a parade of sadness on this podcast lately. I'm always like, I swear I'll cheer it up next time. But if there's bad shit, I feel like people want to know about it. So <clears throat> something else horrible that's going on, um, death related, is that we all, rem we all remember it's been over two months since A-list rapper Takeoff of the Migos was shot and killed behind a bowling alley or in front of a bowling alley 
alongside his lifelong collaborator, uncle, and best friend, Quavo. So police were able to find the man who did this because there was a video of it. His face wasn't in the video, but they saw whoever had the gun was also holding a wine bottle and they found his DNA on the wine bottle. I like how we're talking about the whole like finding, you know, someone in a crime and finding the suspect again in this thing. But um, yeah, so they were able to charge the murder to someone named Patrick Clark. He was a D he was a DJ and a strip club promoter. I mean, no judgment there. I'm just judging him for killing someone because I don't know. He just wanted to like act tough. And it was like after a game of dice or something, or just in a exchange that didn't have to be as heated, but it seemed like he wanted to seem cooler, get his ego to get the best of him in a, even the a smallest of heated exchange. It ended up in an artist that has impacted so many millions of people's lives dying. And it's so crazy to even think about that. But um, the craziest thing is that even though he was caught with this, he was charged with the murder. He actually is out of prison now. Isn't that really scary? It seems like he didn't even like learn, like how can you learn your lesson if you're only in prison for what, just like a, a few weeks or whatever, after all the trial was said and done, he doesn't seem like he'd be a reformed man. And it seems like a real injustice to take off. And if I was his family, I would be livid that like a bond was even on the table, that he was even able to buy himself out of jail. So his bond was originally set at $2 million. And I think that's an unrealistic amount because, you know, it should be. It It shouldn't be some cheap discounted thing where you can just easily get someone in your family or your grandma who has saved up some money all her life to bail you out. Like, it just doesn't seem like something that should be easily come across. And isn't it crazy that the government will even allow you to, like, buy yourself out of jail? That's wild. That And it makes, like, me not trust the rich even more. Like, they, they're they just above the law. They can just buy themselves out of jail. That's so embarrassing um, for America. And, <laughs> like, just shows how greedy they are. Like, yeah, you killed someone, but if you give us a certain amount of money it's that we can use for whatever we want, we will let you out. Oh, all right. Well, fuck the victim then, I guess. But um, his bond was originally set at $2 million. But then people on his defense team asked the judge to lower it to $1 million because apparently $2 million was just too expensive. Yeah, duh. It's not supposed to be cheap. It's not like the new iPhone that's coming out that's supposed to be affordable to everyone, but still a little expensive. Like, no. Like, it's it. it that's the point. But I guess they lowered it. Anyway, and um, whoever put enough m- m- money together, his family, I don't know. I don't know if he had to go fund me or whatever, but they were given the $1 million and now he's out of court. He's still claiming that he's innocent, even though they have fingerprints and it was caught on camera and everyone knows that he is the one who shot takeoff in the back of the head. He is still just out on the street again. That's very fucked up to me, and I don't like that. But um, anyway, Quavo has released a song about his nephew, Takeoff, and best friend, um, like soulmate, it seems like they were, because it's crazy. Like, they never had a career without each other. They, It seems like they really never did a lot without each other. They were always just so closely bonded and tied, and I, I really feel for Quavo, too, that his like soulmate and someone that he got along with more than anyone is now gone. He must feel a huge missing hole in his heart. But he released a song that's actually so good. And even though he still does like the Migos ad libs in them where they're like offset or 
you know, they like say a word in the background after each bar. Like he's he's still doing like the skirt skirts in the song, but it's actually still like so emotional and good. And it's called Without You and it's about takeoff. And I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics from it and just be prepared to cry. So it says, I wish I had a time. Mach- I wish I had a time machine just so you can take a ride with me. I miss just how you smile at me. Unconfused until infinity. Oh my God, I'm already crying. I wish I had a time machine so you can take a ride with me. Wrap my arms around and hold you tight, Phew. So you can never say goodbye to me. Oh my God. Hold on. (laughs) I don't know if I'm the same without you. Yeah, I ain't the same. I ain't going no gang without you. No, it ain't no gang. Nah. Birthdays ain't the same without you. No. Christmas ain't the same without you. No. I'm gonna represent your name when it's about you. I wouldn't have got it out the mud without you. Oh. Oh. I need to go, um find some train tracks it's hard to see mama love without you mama take i'm sorry and then he says take i'm sorry like 10 times oh my god quavo it's not your fault oh but anyway i think what we can learn from that situation there as i i, I feel like i wish i said this when we were talking about the whole tory lanes thing too when he just shot megan the stallion in a moment just to make his ego feel good and now he's in jail for up to 23 years we'll find out his sentencing in a few weeks and i'll definitely say that on here but i think the lesson here is to control your ego for just a moment of your life that can change the rest of the eternity of your whole life just one moment of letting your pride get the best of you wanting to be the hero wanting to be the big dog wanting to be the alpha or just wanting to take out your anger and letting your emotions get the best of you can literally change your whole entire life and I don't think people like realize enough how much your life can change in one second just based on your actions and how you respond to things. So I think it's a lesson about controlling yourself, um, thinking about your future, thinking about everyone else's future based on what you're about to do and not letting your ego just for one moment, just just for one moment of satisfaction ruin literally the rest of your life like it did for takeoff and like it should have for Patrick Clark, who should still be in jail and Tory Lanez, who will be in jail. But um yeah I wish I had a time machine yes sir so you can take a ride with me wrap my arms around and hold your tight you so you can never say goodbye to out in the galaxy up in the stars over the universe is bigger than Mars see you in heaven see you in heaven when i see you in heaven i'm gonna be with my Okay, so I also want to for a second talk about Tristan Thompson. I know he's trashed it. I know we don't like him. Boo, Tristan. Why is he even being spoken about here? He should be kicked out of the pop culture hemisphere forever for what he did to Chloe. But something actually really sad about him is that his mom unexpectedly suffered a heart attack at her house last Thursday in Toronto, and she unfortunately died. And Tristan and her were extremely close, and so was Chloe. She was extremely close to her mom, even though Tristan has done so much horrible shit to Chloe and destroyed their family and broken up their home like five times, Chloe was still there for Tristan during the whole wake and funeral um, processions, and she was by his side supporting him, being just the best co-parent. And she really didn't have to do that. I mean, it's it's been kind of known that they don't have like as much communication anymore, or they're kind of just co-parents now. They don't really talk as much. That's what the reports are. But Chloe's just that good of a person that she will be there for them. 
well, that she will be there for him and do anything to support their family and keep that bond close. And the fact that she's remaining close with Tristan's family, she is just the bigger person in every situation that she's in. And I mean, my deepest condolences to Tristan. Of course, I feel awful for him, but I just think it's really admirable how Chloe was still there for him in this time, um, in that family moment. So Chris Jenner also wrote a cute little message to Tristan. It said, I'm so heartbroken by the sudden passing of Tristan's mom, Andrea. My thoughts, prayers, and all of my love are with Tristan, Amari, Deshaun, and Danielle. You are the most amazing, dedicated, devoted, and selfless mom and such a loving, kind, and fabulous grandmother. What a blessing you are to your family. I will miss you, Andrea. I will miss your bright spirit and amazing light. Thank you for always praying for us and lifting us up and encouraging us along the way. Rest in peace, beautiful angel. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn to... I learned like a really important lesson from one of my friend's moms one time, and I was so young when she was telling me this, but someone's mom died or something that we knew, and she was like, you guys better be there for your friend when um, their parents die or their loved ones die because one thing that your friends will remember about you forever or anyone you're close with will remember about you forever is if you were there for them when they lost someone. And it seems like something you would realize just automatically, but you don't really realize how deeply people will remember that if you were there in that moment. And my friend's mom was even saying how she will, she didn't ever forgive people who weren't there for her when her mom died. Like she still doesn't have the same relationship with some people that she did before because she just felt so betrayed and so not supported. So I think just in amazing lesson to learn is just the importance of being there for people when they lose someone because that's when they need you most and they will not forgive you if you're not. And I've heard a lot of people say that ever since then. So I think that's just a good thing to keep in mind so the last part of this unfortunate um not happy segment i swear the next one is the next segment is much happier so just wait a minute for that but i want to talk about prince harry because he's turning the royal family into the kardashians the kardashians are the american royal family that is even more um exclusive and um what's 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 the word powerful and adored than the royal family in the uk He's being accused of turning his family into the Kardashians because in his new book, he was outing like all the family secrets, making it so drama. He, he he was so drama in this, revealing this, that, and the third. He's having his Britney Spears moment of just saying like he hates his whole family. And it was wonderful. For example, he was talking about how he was um, excluded from the plans to see the queen before she died. And Queen Elizabeth was responsible for that. Isn't that messy? That was a conspiracy theory when the queen died. If like, why wasn't Prince... Harry there as early people were like it's because she didn't want him there he gave up his royal title blah 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 and it was right the queen was petty to the death honestly and I can't blame her for it he was talking about the public criticism he got from uh resigning from his royal duties and how he feels like his family worked with news outlets to put out uh damning information about him oh my god he's like really calling them out there saying that they talked to outlets and even like further the negative attention that Meghan Markle got and he was always worried that Meghan would end up like the next Princess Diana so these are really big accusations that he's throwing at his family and it is dang honey Prince Harry didn't come to play he even was talking about his brother's balding and how the fact that Prince William balded so quickly 
and like the whole top of his head is bald now and he doesn't even have a crown to hide it isn't that embarrassing um he talked about how that's worrisome that prince william bald so fast because he must like basically he was inferring that he must have a really stressful life and maybe he doesn't like his family or whatever and it's like damn he's going below the belt but the gag is is that prince harry's balding too like don't think we don't see it you're not preventing that enough you need to get some red light helmet you need to get some prp hair shots some finasteride up in there because sir you are balding and on the cover of his book he like strategically placed the title over his head we see you babe you're covering up your balding so i don't know why you're coming for your brother's bald hair you're projecting Mm, so oh something else he said that he doesn't think that his dad what's his name oh yeah king charles lol the fact that he's the king and i still didn't know his name that's when you know you're just not notable enough you're just not noble enough i'm sorry king charles ew i'm sorry king charles as if i have to like bow to him or something just kidding i respect the royals i love the royals i'm like i i love the crown I, i love it all anyway he and william said that they don't think it was necessary for Prince Charles or King Charles, whoever, to get married again after Princess Diana died. They thought it was completely unnecessary for Camilla to be married into the family. And I love them for that. They really called her out and they were like, mm, we don't want you to marry her. And then he did it anyway. He was more loyal to Camilla than clearly he was to anyone else, including Princess Diana, who he murdered. I'm kidding accidentally died accidentally died girl she was murdered i have a conspiracy theory episode about that though i just put out um a few weeks ago if you want to check that out but anyway we're talking about how he felt guilty in the aftermath of his mom's death because he said he didn't cry all throughout his teenage years about it and he only cried a little bit at the funeral when her casket was being lowered into the ground and he said the fact that people around me were meeting me and showing more emotion than i was showing um made him feel like he wasn't grieving the right way or he was the middle persons for people's grief and he felt guilty about that he said then quote i'm starting to comprehend the position that she as a mother a single parent looking after two boys with this intense immediate harassment was going through it wasn't online then it was very much physical and she was being chased so he basically said like i think she was murdered i totally think princess diana was murdered as well and i feel like that would be really confusing to cope with at that time especially if you you've always thought that like would you be angry would you be sad would you just be like really shocked and not knowing what to do so i i mean i understand his process i don't think crying is the ultimate sign of sadness i think actually being able to display your sadness with emotion and tears is i think proof of like a a bet like a better way of processing your emotions like i think people are more through the process if they are crying than if they're just like stoic and looking like shocked so he said he coped with his mom's death by going to therapy and using psychedelics like ayahuasca and i don't know if you guys know what ayahuasca is but it's like the most intense drug ever you can only take it if you're like with a supervised like a supervised team I watched a Chelsea Handler documentary or whatever, or her Netflix show where she tried ayahuasca and apparently everyone who tries it like throws up and they like see God and like almost die and start crying anytime they do it. So I almost don't know why anyone would want to do that. But apparently anyone who says they do ayahuasca, like they completely changes their outlook on life forever. And you're like a completely changed person before and after. But I don't know, look up videos of people doing ayahuasca 
it's it, like they literally look like they're like giving birth and they're like crying and like oh like screaming it's it's kind of like an uncomfortable scene and i don't think you'd want to be in the room with people doing ayahuasca unless you were also doing ayahuasca or else i don't know i can't even like smoke weed or else i like get too paranoid and like crazy and start crying so uh, yeah i i think ayahuasca i'll definitely have to like take baby steps until that Harry said, though, I would never recommend people to do this recreationally. Yeah, definitely not. You're only supposed to do ayahuasca like once or twice in your whole life. So, But he said, but doing it with the right people, if you are suffering from a huge amount of loss, grief, or trauma, then these things have a way of almost working like a medicine. And he said that taking them cleared up um, his own relationship with grief. He said, quote, they cleared away this idea that I had in my head that I needed to cry to prove to my mother that I missed her. When in fact, all she wanted for me was to be happy. Yeah, and maybe he didn't realize that, like, subconsciously in his head when he was a teenager going through his mom's death that, like, he didn't want to cry outwardly because he knows that's not what his mom would have wanted. But when you're going through grief like that, you may not be able to understand why, you act, why you're act, why you acting the way you are. But ayahuasca, I'm sure, like, peels back the layers of your consciousness and lets you see it all for what it is. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that he did that. Go check out his new book. It's called, like, oh, my God, wait, I literally forgot what, what it was called. But clearly, it's a it's 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 a tea party, and he's really ruining the Royals' family name, but like in the most exciting, amazing way. And it's like we all knew that there was drama with them, so it's he, like he's kind of just confirming everything we already thought. Um, spare. I thought it was called spare, but I didn't want to get it wrong. It's called spare. So, whatever that means. Anyway, so what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that you, I like I I don't think you should feel guilty for how you grieve and if if you don't cry um when you're grieving i I, like i feel like that's not always the most common easiest route um that people go down so don't feel guilty if you cry this day and then feel good this day and then cry again in a month or laugh really hard or feel joy about even ever knowing the person one day or being thankful one day and then you feel depressed and then you feel excited and then you're crying again like I just think it's not a linear thing and linear. I can't pronounce that word. A linear thing and anything you're feeling is justified and completely fine. And even if you don't cry and you just don't care after someone dies, that's fine too. Maybe they weren't a good person and you can't force yourself to feel anything. But grief is something that's tricky. And I feel like some people do feel shame about how they process it or how other perceive them processing it. So I just feel like people should relieve themselves of that feeling that they could be like doing something wrong or whatever. Cause when someone you love dies, you, you, you never really know how to do that correctly, but that grief will always be there. There isn't ever a process to get rid of it. And the last thing you need to do is make it worse with, um, overthinking it or caring what other people think about your situation. So I just think you should do what feels good to you to process that. Remind me that I am way more than enough And take all this pain, throw it away Remind me that I'm gonna sparkle again Come and find me Okay, so let's just talk about some good old-fashioned goss. Let's just spill the tea, uh, discuss just some playful shits and giggles, two brain cell required pop culture stuff. So I think this is actually bad news as well. Um, They found Kanye damn it eureka they found him um 
I, I guess people were looking. I, I thought no one found Kanye because no one was looking. <laughs> I didn't think anyone was like, where is he? Um, but apparently people were looking. They found him apparently in a church, as he should be. He should be somewhere praying, praying. I hope his soul is changing, changing. It's better that than finding him somewhere like planning something underground. It's making a lot of threats lately. I kind of lose sleep over thinking what Kanye might do one day. But, um, you know, just like Jesus, he rose from the dead and they found him in a church. So love that for him. And then he was seen in Beverly Hills just yesterday with a new woman. Ooh. And this new woman was blonde. So you would think like, oh, like he gave up the whole Kim Kardashian body double Joe from you level sociopathic desire to still be with Kim. No, Kim was just blonde. I will have you know. So I think maybe he's been with this girl since Kim was blonde. But now that Kim dyed her hair black again, he's going to be like, bye, bitch. And so, um, yeah, like, you know, back to his normally scheduled unhinged programming. Did you guys see that the earth was healing? Yeah, I, apparently the earth's protective ozone layer is finally healing at a pace that would fully mend the hole over Antarctica in about 43 years. Doesn't that clock say we only have like seven years, though? So, like, do the math. Like, is that really good news? But um, I guess that gives us a little bit of hope. I feel like the earth healing has something to do with that Britney Spears hates her family again thank god as she should everything is right in the world again nature is healing as i said so i like i'm so happy britney spears hates her family again that is something i live for that is something I, I i'll die on that hill she should hate her family forever so um jamie lynn spears is on a new tv show called special forces world's toughest test jamie lynn spears would never pass the world's toughest test let's just say that actually going through dan schneider may be the world's toughest test maybe she is tough if you guys remember though britney spears was like giving her compliments for going on the show. She was like, my little sister is so strong and brave for sharing her story on this new television show. It seemed a, a little sus. It was giving conservatorship. It was giving um, not Britney. It was giving anti-Britney. Someone took her phone again. Sam Asghari, what are you doing? Give Britney her phone. But I think the, I think the real Britney's back because she responded to her sister's... Um, emotional plea in one of her confessionals on the new show where she was saying that being Britney Spears sister is actually really hard and it's been a really hard life for Jamie Lynn Spears getting cast on Zoe 101 just because she got nepotism from her sister and making millions of dollars using her sister's name and writing a book about her right after the media storm of the conservatorship and literally locking her in a conservatorship to use her money. She said, I'm so proud of her. love her to death, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't really have anything for myself. I struggle with self-esteem all the time. And then she was just saying that being Britney Spears' sister is hard. And then Britney, after she kept talking about her and writing books about her to make more money off her sister's name, Britney literally sent her a cease and desist letter to stop talking about her. <laughs> As Britney should. I love that Britney is lawyered up and now she can decide what to do with lawyers because, I don't know, Britney and a lawyer to me is like a match made in heaven because Britney has the desire and the fiery passion to take people down and the lawyers, the good lawyers that she can afford can do it for her. And then she posted about Jimmy Lynn Spears on Instagram just yesterday and she said, are we really going to say it was hard being my sister? Hmm. Really? I fucking love her. She's saying it like it motherfucking is. So this was the whole post. Are we really going to say it was hard being my sister? Hmm. Really? 
Well, this was my spa plan at Vegas as my childhood friends had their heads held high with a seat for toes and nails and a bottle of champagne for each one of them while I stood at the door, not allowed to go in. But bet your bottom dollar, they be gotten their entertainment from me that night. I've learned from the best. Do we dare set aside our self-care and acknowledge a childhood friend? Why no? We teach her the meaning of mean and then throw her away in the end with no self-rights. You want me to share on the telly? I'd rather spit in their faces and trash them on Instagram because that's all my family has ever been to me. Yes, Britney. Yes. Britney Spears Instagram is like my empowerment of the day. Like my, it gives me some angsty fire that I need to get through my day and just makes me feel like a bad bitch and makes me want to take anyone down who's ever wronged me and kick the living crap out of anyone who's ever disrespected me. I love that. Um, she then went to say, P.S. Here are some pics of what nerve damage can do, which I have on the right side of my body, and it goes numb every night. Not a victim story or crying about it, because I was never a big deal. I sat in a chair for 10 hours a day and no rights for four months. They hurt me, and nothing was done except that I lost 15 years of my life with my family owning my name. Subjected to being an angel while my dad has five women on his tour bus drinking that cup of coffee. Ew, 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 ew. He used his money to get hosed because best believe without Britney, he would have never gotten hosed. She's the only reason that his goofy ass got bitches. Ew, ew, ew. I could never even poke Jamie Spears for a billion dollars. That man looks like death. He looks like Voldemort. He's so nasty. She says, it honestly blows my mind the hardships you say you have had with having me as your sister. <laughs> drag her drag her she said wipe away your crocodile tears you weak bitch she said do you want a real tough test meet me in the parking lot bitch i'm sorry you feel that way but don't ever poke at my broken foot in the kitchen telling me to go to the doctor because my foot infection might infect your royal children oh my god i'm picturing jamie lynn spears like being like, Brittany, go go get your foot checked out so you can make money for my kids. Ew, 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 ew! Jimmy Spears, Jimmy Lynn Spears deserves her face. That's all I'm gonna say. I love Brittany. What? She's stronger than yesterday. I think Brittany, also, I love that her Instagram is shadow banned because she literally posts photos of, like, her naked body with just a little teeny tiny heart emoji covering her vagina every day. I, I live for those. I live. I live for the the body confidence. I live for the showing it off, even though no one asks. But she she posts with the with the uh, confidence like everyone asked. And you know what? We kind of did. So I always check that Instagram, even if it's shadow banned. I'll go out of my way to find it. I love her. Slay Britney. Long live Britney. Anyway, some other crazy news is that Emily and Pete broke up. We, we, I think we had to discuss this. Pete Davidson has lost yet another bad bitch, but, you know, knock him down nine times. He'll get up ten. He'll keep representing for the Jack Harlows and the uh, other not, you know, conventionally attractive men of the world. He will keep being their mocking Jay. And I love that for him. So he has a new girl. He's with his bodies, 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 castmate, Chase Sue Wonders. They, I think, played uh, love interest in the movie, even though, you know, they like quarreled and, you know, died or whatever. But um, yeah, they were seen out at multiple occasions. And just yesterday, they were seen out like hugging each other, canoodling at a place called Baba's Pierogies in 
Brooklyn. But the, the, the phrase Baba's pierogies puts a really specific image in my mind and it's kind of unflattering. But yeah, they were like hugging each other all over each other. They said before they're friends, but it's pretty obvious that they are dating now. So they want each other's bodies, bodies, bodies. I approve. I think it was the best movie of 2022. Truly the funniest, the smartest. I think it's going to have a cult following and I could, I like it. It's just so amazing. That movie. She clearly wants his penis, penis, penis. They were also seen at a Rangers game and Whole Foods. Whole Foods is like really a sacred place to bring someone on a date because Whole Foods is where you refill your soul. You, 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 you stack up on all your hearty vegetables and your life-saving stock of 15 different vitamins and supplements that you really don't need and a candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. So that's a really like holy place to bring someone. I can only imagine the inflation going on at Whole Foods right now. That'd be horrible. Until that's over, I'll have to shop at Half Foods. But Emily Rodrigo, not Emily Rodrigo. Why did I say that? Not me getting them mixed up. Ew. It's a weird image to put in my head. Like a morphed version of Emily Ratajkowski and Emily and Olivia Rodrigo. Anyway, Emily Ratajkowski has a new man. And it appears as though Emily, kind of just like Kim Kardashian, she needed her pipes cleaned from Pete. He's, he's a plumber. And she needed her engine started revved up again and now she's good she got that from pete you know his magic wand did the trick ew i'm so sorry she's likes comedians apparently because now she's with comedian eric andre from the eric andre show i i don't know if i've ever heard of that but he is he's a he's a cutie i saw his face and i was like oh yeah i've definitely seen him before so i i like that she's more about you know a guy's personality and if he can make her laugh because that's my vibe too right now i need someone who can make me laugh and i challenge everyone to have a personality in 2023 tell a joke Make me laugh. Say something original. Excite me. Keep me guessing. Like, don't be boring. So I love that. Anyway, what can we learn from their little, uh, or I think from Pete specifically, getting all these bad bitch women and then, you know, losing them. And instead of just dying and falling up in a corner in his mom's basement, he keeps trying and he keeps trying to find love. And I love that. So I would say just don't get, don't, don't get, don't get discouraged by relationships not working out or someone you thought you're going to be together with forever and then there becomes a crack in the relationship that you thought was uncrackable and say crack one more time crack don't get discouraged by a relationship that you thought was going to last forever then not working out and thinking that you are you know um not capable of love or because of this series of breakups or one big breakup don't let your self-efficacy of finding love or being capable of being loved or loving ever disappear. I know it's hard to think you'll never love someone that way again or you'll die with a broken heart, but you won't. And you just have to keep going forward and being brave and facing the challenge of pursuing love again. So, And a good way to think about it is that you are capable, you are worthy. Someone is right for you, just have not found them yet. But being single is better than choosing the wrong person or staying with the wrong person just because you want to be in a relationship and prove to people that you can be loved or whatever. So consider each breakup a blessing. Thank you next, bitch, as the god of ponytails, Ariana Grande said. And think of every breakup as something that puts you closer to finding your true love. And as long as you can still feel love, you can still be loved. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture University today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sorry it was so negative, like um, always. I swear I'm not like a negative Nancy. It just, it seems to be what people like hearing about. It definitely has its own, you know, interesting dark twist when 
the topics are like this. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing week. Don't forget to check out the episode on Friday. I decided we're going to start the what would you like to share with the class segment on Tuesday. So DM me some juicy tea about your own life that you would like to share with the class potentially next week. We're going to just do like a, a little read through of someone's drama and then maybe I'll give them advice and, you know, open the discussion up to everyone about what's going on in one of your lives. And I think it'll be very fun and interesting. People have already sent me some pretty wild submissions. So, you know, I'm building a bank of those. Um, I just painted my nails for the first time today. They're black. I feel like I like I like putting fake tattoos on my body, so I'm gonna do that. And I wanted the black nails to match. Um, and I'm 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 gonna look emo, but I I'm like like I'm so not emo, but I like the aesthetic. Um, I would say I'm appropriating emo culture is what I, I'm actually doing, and I'm, I'm, I'm and you know I would like to apologize to the emo community that I'm appropriating it. But I just love it. I love like the dark tattoo, like all black outfit aesthetic. So that's what I'm going to do. Because normally I wear like colorful clothes and I'm like have light curly hair. And like I just look so opposite. But I'm like doing like the bad girl thing. So I'm excited for that. Um, Something really sad that just happened in my life is that my air fryer broke. So I just want to say some words about my air fryer. Um, If you guys all care to listen. Um, Dear air fryer. You came into my life when I was not really expecting you and you absolutely swept me away. You cooked food more crispy and efficiently than any machine I've ever had to easily cook my um, frozen meals ever have and opened up my world to a whole new texture of home cooked food. You are the mother everyone would want the sister everyone deserves and the friend I never had. So thank you for everything you've given to me, air fryer and you will be missed. Rest in peace, my air fryer. Yeah. I don't know. It just like won't cook the food anymore. It won't turn on and it won't close all the way. So shit's just going on there. But I, I, I think it just, it, it air fry, it air fried too close to the sun. And I think I just abused it. I used it too much. So charge me with murder, I guess. Anyway, thank you for letting me share that. And please DM me your condolences about my air fryer. And if you post this on your story, like to show your friends you're listening to the podcast, like be like, by the way, like go, go easy on Patty right now. Like his air fryer broke. So uh, thank you. And I will see you guys on Friday. Okay. Rate this podcast. You know, you, you, you know what to do. Leave a review. Whatever. Okay. Bye, students. Class is missed. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.